Hey there, welcome to the Student to CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Mason. We're talking to entrepreneurs who launched their business at a young age, and they're now killing the game. Tune in to our episodes as these guests spill the dirt on taking that leap into entrepreneurship just like they did. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Student to CEO podcast. I'm so excited to have Andrea Freeman joining me today. Andrea started her first business when she was 12 years old. Three businesses and a lot of learning later, she was hosting red carpet celebrities in her event planning business, but she felt unfulfilled. She said to herself, there has to be a better way. That pivotal moment prompted a soulful search. Today, Andrea uses her groundbreaking host method and successful track record as a business owner to coach creative entrepreneurs. Her mission is to help business owners align with their purpose, create results with greater ease, and make a lasting impact in the world. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'd love if you could start off by sharing with our listeners what you do and what led you there. Sure. So I am a business coach and I consider myself a mindset business coach. So we really focus uh, with our clients on who they're being in their business uh, and what will produce the best results and how they can be, you know, streamlined and effective and efficient in their business. Uh, And that always stems from how we're operating, you know, on a personal level. So that's what I do, you know, currently. And what led me to that is basically a lifetime of entrepreneurship. I mean, I started monetizing and marketing my first business when I was 12 years old and, you know, babysitting very small scale, but, um, I have always had a passion for business and I owned a catering company at one point. I've been a celebrity event planner and just really, really love figuring out, you know, new layers of who I am and and what's lighting me up in the world through business and want to be able to share that with other business owners so that they can achieve maximum results and really maximum fulfillment through their business. I love it. And one thing I really want to dive into and ask you about is the fact that you have owned three businesses. So I'd love to kind of ask, what was that process like in terms of juggling multiple businesses and really figuring out what you wanted each business to be? Yeah. So each one, I mean, happened at a very distinct phase in my life, I would say. Uh, You know, when I was 12, obviously that was a very small scale. And that was just because I was a certified babysitter through the Red Cross because my entire Girl Scout troop got certified. Um, So, you know, that was, that was a very small scale. But then when I was uh, 25 years old, I had I had actually just completed my first year and only year of public school teaching and uh, it wasn't for me. So I decided to go to culinary school because while I was teaching um, on weekends and, you know, holidays and stuff, I would host all these dinner parties and people started saying, Hey, I'm doing something. Can you, you know, bring something over here? Could you maybe cater this and that for me? And it just naturally led to me teaching and having this side hustle of catering. Um, And then I got the formal training after. 
And, uh, you know, so that was just like a passion at the time and something I recognized that I could monetize. And then, um, you know, that led to me really coming out of the kitchen. My catering clients just kept talking to me about more of the full scope of their events. And I realized that for me to make cooking into something that was a job really took the joy out of it for me, but I loved the industry. And so I just kind of did a little bit of a swerve and put myself in a role where I was overseeing the entire event, the larger scope, the full scale. Um, and that I did for, um, since 2010, so 10 years. Um, and naturally in, that business, there's a lot of, it's a really tight knit community. And there's, you know, you take business to business meetings, like just to stay in touch with your colleagues and see how they're doing and, and how's the year treating them. And a lot of those conversations would turn into, oh, you know, have you maybe read this book or have you tried this kind of meditation or have you taken this class? And people were always saying like, what was that book again? Who was that teacher? could you be my coach? <laughs> so it just naturally kind of turned into um, something that I was doing on the side. The event stuff is still going on. I have a team that manages that. Um, and I am really squarely focused on, on the business coaching at this point. That's awesome. And so one thing that you mentioned is that your event planning business is still going on. So one thing that I know I personally struggle with by owning two brands, and I'm sure for our listeners out there who also own two brands, we kind of face that difficulty of juggling the two. So I know that you mentioned that you have a team that kind of handles that, but what would you recommend to our listeners who may be multi-passionate and want to launch multiple ventures, but are worried that one will take away from the other and they won't be as high performing as they hope for them to be. Yeah. I mean, I think that it is perfectly natural to have many diverse interests and to always look at those interests in a way that they serve each other. Um, you know, with that said, I would kind of caution, I don't know if that's the right word, to just make sure that one is stable before you're trying to divide your attention. Um, and I heard this quote a long time. I don't even remember who said it, but I remember hearing at one point in time that uh, if your business can't survive without you, you don't have a business, you have a job. And that really sh kind of shook me to my core when I first heard it. I, my first reaction was like angry, like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, but I think he was like a big business guru kind of guy. And I was like, okay, maybe I should pay attention to that because I was at that point working very, very hard in my business. And in all honesty, it was kind of out of alignment for my life. I have a husband, I have a five-year-old, I wanted to spend more time with them. And so I started to really look at how can I scale this, the event planning? Um, you know, how can I exist outside of a market? How can I not have to be in the trenches every day? And I tried to get as creative as I could. That's when I started building my team. And you can only, you know, like do so much when people are, especially the business is named after you. Uh, so then I started to realize that that wasn't going to be the thing that I scaled. I love it. I have a passion for it. I excel at it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that I enjoy about it. And I still want to make it available because I do it in a very unique way. 
um, that's community centered and not like about all the kind of perfection that drives a lot of that industry. And I still wanted something that I could scale because more than anything, I started to recognize and identify as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is capable of growing and scaling to multiple six figures and beyond. And, you know, uh, it was only going to go so far with the event stuff. So I am super passionate about talking about business and mindset and wellness and full authenticity and, and integration of all parts of ourselves into our business. So it was a natural fit to then start to explore and ex- expand that conversation. Yes. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that same exact thing has been happening to me for probably the past year where I've been realizing that I'm too involved in my business and I need to be able to take a step back so that way I'm not responsible for everything. And so that has been a big focus is being able to build out a team so that way not everything relies on me. And then also so that I don't become a bottleneck with different things that we're focusing on. And so I think what you mentioned about finding ways, creative ways to not be so in the trenches and kind of take a step back and scale so much is huge. Yeah. And I think there's a natural time where it starts to become obvious that it is just right to do that. I'm not saying to do it before you really are hearing that calling within yourself to do it, but to do it when it feels right for you, for whatever is going on in your life so that your business is working for you. It's not just about you working for your business. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that looks different for everybody. For some people they can scale right away. For me, I needed to find my voice in my business. I needed to become really clear about why I do things the way that I do them and why the systems and procedures and structures are what they are so that I was a really informed teacher and that I could start to then turn over the processes to, you know, people who were passionate about learning them. Absolutely. And as you were managing a few businesses throughout the time of becoming an entrepreneur, what would you say was the most difficult part of starting a business while young? Hmm. Starting a business while young. I mean, it's starting a business at any age is probably difficult, but I think specifically at a young age, you're very often one of the only people, if not the only person, you know, who's an entrepreneur. And so, you know, really finding that tribe and, you know, people who understand what you're going to and can to can relate to what you're going through, I think is huge. I mean, something like this podcast, I know I was saying, you know, when we were talking before we started recording that I wish there was a podcast like this when I was starting (laughs) my business and that I had access to so many, you know, tools and resources. So whatever that place is for you, if it means, you know, tuning into, to, you know, free resources, YouTube podcasts, you name it. If it means getting a business coach or entre- you know, entrepreneur coach, some sort of mentor in your industry, somebody who can help guide you. Because I think that one of the biggest things that I dealt with was getting, not only getting up to speed with what's going on in my industry and kind of what the industry standards are, but just what does it mean to be a business owner? Like how many different ways you can be a business owner and how many things are being done that I'm not thinking of right now, right? When we expose ourselves to new, better, different ideas uh, that come along with coaching and mentorships, then that growth and that development is just accelerated. You know, it's a, it's about hitting your goals faster, um, you know, 
more efficiently, more elegantly, and being able to then have your business serve you in your life. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is one thing I always say is that as business owners, we get so tunnel visioned in our own business. And we're so, as you had just mentioned with that phrase earlier in the trenches, that it's really hard to take a step back and think about what needs to change, what you can do to improve uh, various ideas that you can implement and things of that nature. So being able to bring in an outside source, whether it's a business coach, a mentor, or even a fellow entrepreneur can really help you to bring in the light and give you a totally different perspective to help improve your business and make it even better than it already is. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And in terms of the most difficult part of starting your business, if we were to flip it to the opposite, what would you say was the most rewarding? The most rewarding for me, it was the opportunity to be creative. And it's not just about being creative in the craft. I mean, certainly I didn't ever have as much freedom in any job or position that I held for another company as I have in my own company. But that goes beyond just, you know, designing and like what you traditionally think of as creative, but uh, also I discovered parts of myself that I didn't even know were there, things that I love that I had no idea about. And um, I feel like my business has been kind of the catalyst for a lot of personal growth and development in my own life that serves me in so many ways. So that's probably been the most rewarding and being able to, to reinvent it so many times. I mean, these are just things that you can't do traditionally when you're in a job working for, you know, another company. You have so much more say. And, and I love that freedom. Yes. And I love what you mentioned about the fact that owning a business has really helped you with your personal growth, because literally just this morning, I was thinking back to probably like 2015 or 2016, right before I started my business to when I started it. And I look back at that person that I was and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am a, a completely different person now. And I'm grateful for who I was back then. But owning a business I realized has really helped me to excel my personal growth because there's so many things that you don't know and you need to learn and it helps you to build confidence and get tough skin and everything like that. So I wholeheartedly agree with what you mentioned and I'm so glad that you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. I love to say that as entrepreneurs, we should let our personal evolution fuel our business revolution. Like that is really a cornerstone of how I've run my businesses and what I really bring to the table when I'm working with one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, because I think that your access to a thriving business is in who you're being is in how you are operating, the stories that you're telling yourself, the, the things that you believe are you're capable of, the time that you make for yourself to, to work on yourself. Uh, it's always reflected in your business. Absolutely. And that is one thing I share too, is that when I started, I did not realize how important mindset was. I thought it was all strategy that would bring you to success, but I've learned that it's actually the opposite. It's a little bit of strategy and a whole bunch of mindset. And yeah. so what I'd love if you could actually do is kind of share with our listeners what they can do to improve their mindset when it comes to being a business owner. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody comes into it at, at a different uh 
entry point, I think, when they're looking at their mindset, right? But um, there's always just noticing where do I have, you know, sort of a ceiling? Where do I, uh, where am I setting my goals from? And where do I want to be going? Um, Why do I believe that these are the ceilings, right? Uh, When we start looking at those things, for example, like if I say I want to hit a certain revenue marker this year, like, why am I saying that? Is that based on, uh, you know, some kind of limiting belief or is that something that really like inspires me and lights me up? And so when we're tuning into just a little bit of the why and the thinking behind what we're doing in our businesses, for sure, there's always a huge opening there. Um, and then I think, I think that owning a business, being on the hook for the success or the failure or the all of it uh, when you are the CEO, uh, that can get pretty daunting and that can get pretty uh, stressful pretty quickly. I mean, overwhelm and upset and you know, negative self-talk has definitely definitely derailed more than one entrepreneur. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm. So just kind of tuning into what's going on, uh, you know, what kinds of things that you're repeatedly hearing yourself say to yourself uh, is really important. And anything that you can do to kind of slow things down, quiet that voice so that you have the ability to tap into that still inner voice. So, I mean, if that looks like journaling, if that looks like meditation, if that looks like working with affirmations, I mean, I work with all of these things with my clients. Um, I am a certified hypnotherapist. And so I do like, you know, custom tracks for people to really get to the root of why their thinking is what it is. So it can be a lot of different things, but anything that allows you to tune into why am I operating from the place that I'm operating from currently and where do I want to be operating from is a super, super powerful place to stand. Oh, that is so good and so helpful because like I said, it's something that so many people struggle with is just, you can be amazing at what you do and be a total expert in your industry. But if you don't have that really great mindset and confidence and self-love for yourself, you're totally blocking yourself and hindering yourself from being even more successful than you already are. Yeah. And I think like one of the most powerful things, like, I mean, I have always had a business coach. There's very, very rarely a time in any of my businesses where I haven't had one because I think that having somebody who's going to call you on your stuff, right? And like, not in a confrontational way, but in a really supported, um, committed way for like you shining your light as brightly as you can, you serving and making the most impact that you can um, and helping you to get anything out of the way that's in the way is huge. You know, like there's a reason why the top athletes have coaches and the top CEOs of major corporations all have coaches because when you're in the game, when you're on the court, it's very, very hard to see what kind of moves you're really making. Someone with an outside perspective can see it, is a little more removed, is less attached to it looking a particular way, and can sometimes so easily say, what if we just try inserting this into your game? Let's see if that makes a difference. 
and, and you could be off and running, right. And producing results that would have taken, you know, maybe years to figure out, wow, this isn't really serving me. I should stop saying this to myself. I should start, you know, thinking this thing instead, uh, or I should start looking at this or that, that way, or I should start outsourcing this or, you know, like all of these things can, can be tackled a lot faster when you've got a coach on your side. And I can 100% attest to that. I remember the first time I hired a coach, she told me to double my prices. And I was like, what? And that was the first thing she told me. And it was a really big struggle for me, but I did it. And I booked people at my new price. And then my next coach told me to increase it even more. And I still struggled with doing it, but I did it. But yet I still got clients and I still continue to get clients. And I think about it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I never increase my prices, I actually did the math on this. If I wanted to make the same amount of money as I am now, but with those older prices, I would have to have 2.75 times more clients than I do now to reach that. And I'm like, that's crazy. But it goes to show how exactly like you said, working with a coach can quickly give you something that you never would have even thought of on your own. Yeah. So, I mean, and you, I mean, so many of us, like who does their best, most elegant thinking when they're on the hamster wheel, right? So just taking an hour out of one day of the week to talk with someone about the effectiveness of your strategies and what you're implementing and your mindset, and then be able to go in and plug those things into your business. I mean, it's exponential, the results that get produced with coaching. I, I'm just so excited about it. I can't say enough good things. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Andrea, what would you think led to your success? What led to my success? Um, wow. That's such an interesting question. Um, I think so many things. I think I am super passionate about just working in general. Like I don't give up easily. Um, I was willing to try and fail. Not being scared of hearing no has been, I think, the greatest asset in my business. Um, And that's something that I actually like shout out to the Girl Scouts. Like I definitely feel like I learned that skill at a really early age, you know, like knocking on doors, selling cookies, selling them at the mall, you name it. And, you know, tons of people love Girl Scout cookies, but tons of people don't. And to (laughs) just be able to hear like, no, and then get up and keep going like, well, somebody else is coming and I'll ask them next, you know, and to just have that skill from a young age and be able to bring that into my business has been amazing. It teaches you one resiliency and that two, if one door closes, two more opens. Totally. Going along with that, if there was one thing that you wish you did differently when you were starting your business or one thing, you know, now that you wish you knew then what would it be and why? Um, I wish I didn't try to do everything myself from, you know, for so long in my business. I wish I had built a team sooner um, because I, I did at a certain point become kind of a victim of my business. I became one of those people who was always at the party like, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm busy. It, it, man, people respond to that in like a really positive way, which I think is funny. Like when you say you're busy, oh, that's so great. And I'm like thinking, gosh, I'm running myself ragged. How is that great? But yeah, still like <laughs> on the outside smiling, you know? Yep. Um, and so I, it took me a long time to realize that like, it's okay to, to not want to do everything in my business and to really want to just 
stay in my zone of genius and outsource basically everything else. I love that. And while we're on the topic of building a team, what would you say you recommend in terms of knowing when to hire and what positions to hire for or tasks to delegate? Oh, awesome. I love this question. I did so much thinking and I help my clients do the thinking to make sure that they're making really smart hires. So the first thing that I recommend is looking at like, and getting very clear about what you do in your business that lights you up. What parts of your business could you work on all day and time just stand still? You know, you have to stand up because your toes are numb. Like what parts do you just love so much? And, you know, pay attention to those. And those are the things you're probably going to want to hold on to. What things do you think about that you constantly procrastinate, don't want to do, grumble about to other people in your life? Like, what are the things? Is it the spreadsheets? Is it the, you know, the finances? Is it the marketing? Is it the sales? It's something different for everybody. But what are those things that you don't love doing? What are those things that don't light you up? And like, make a basket of those things. And then look at, you know, how many people do I want to bring onto my team at once? And What's the smartest way to do this? Outsourcing doesn't necessarily mean that you're hiring somebody full-time. Maybe you're getting a virtual assistant. Maybe you're just outsourcing your social media. Maybe you're getting a PR company. Maybe you don't love writing copies, so you're hiring a copy editor. Uh, There are so many things that you can outsource, and I guarantee you that when you start to have the need or recognize that you have the need for a person, that person will show up. And how you make that person show up is once you decide, okay, this is what the role is that I need, then you create your avatar, your perfect employee, your perfect partner, whatever you want to call them, avatar. What does this person look like? What kinds of conversations do we have? What kinds of things are we doing? How do we work in the business? Is Are we virtual? Are we in the same space? I mean, you just lay it all out there. We're so good as business owners about creating that perfect customer or that perfect client avatar, but very, very rarely do we do that kind of work when we're hiring. And I think it's critical. I mean, this is somebody who potentially is going to be, you know, client facing and going to have a major impact in your business. So you definitely want to make sure that you're bringing someone who's aligned with you energetically and someone who's not a carbon copy of you, someone who loves doing and thrives doing the same things that you do. They're going to try to steal your job. You don't need somebody to do the things that you love doing that you shine at. You need somebody who loves doing the things that you don't love doing so that you complement each other and that you, you know, can, just make beautiful music together. Yes, such good stuff here and stuff that I wish I also realized sooner because I remember I hired my first assistant about probably a year and a half, almost two years ago. And what actually happened was I did a time audit and kind of did exactly what you mentioned, thought about what tasks I did that I absolutely dreaded doing and tracked how much time it took me to do them throughout the course of a month. And I realized one of those tasks that was just something that I never wanted to do ended up taking me 30 hours per month. And I said to myself, imagine what I could do in my business with an extra 30 hours. And so that was like a really powerful realization to have. And it gives you more time to focus on sales and do exactly what you said, do the things that light you up rather than the things that really bring your mood down or don't inspire you at all. 
Yeah, because I think the number the number one thing, like very often when we're the face of the company, the CEO, we think that our clients or our customers are coming to us for whatever the service is, whatever the product is that we make available. But quite honestly, they're really buying our energy. They're really buying what we make available and how we make them feel. So if we're all like, kind of like, moping and sad sacky about like how our business is like crushing us, we're not putting out the right energy and we're going to attract clients that, that aren't the right vibe. So if you want to be attracting the right people into your business for clients, then you want to have the right people in your business working for you and allowing you to shine your light as bright as you can. 100%. And Andrea, one thing I really would love to hear from you is from your perspective, why do you think it's so important for individuals to start a business at a young age specifically? Mm. Well, I think freedom is probably the number one thing. Um, And just opportunity, right? Like right now, there are more jobs being created in the small business sector, you know, than any other time in the world. And it's just going to keep being like that, right? Like um, with so much automation in the world that it's just going to keep being that way. And then the other thing is that I think that there's also freedom to be more of who you are when you create the company, when you create the role, when you create what it looks like. So I think it's a huge opportunity for, um, for authenticity in your life. Yes. And just being able to run things the way that you want to run them and knowing that if something doesn't bring you joy in your business, you can change it compared to if you're working for someone else, you don't really have that control to let go of what's no longer serving you. Yeah. And you're just at the source of like what you're creating in your life, like your earnings aren't dependent on the, you know, the salary structure of a company. Uh, Like you get to say how you're going to scale, how you're going to grow and how you're going to make your job or your work or whatever it is that you find fulfilling work for your life so that there's so much more balance and so much more integration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Andrea, you have shared so many great pieces of advice that I'm like mind blown by throughout this episode. So I know our listeners will absolutely feel the same way, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners one last piece of advice you'd give to someone who may just be starting out. Mm. Um, I would say just don't be afraid to fail, you know, go out there, give it a shot. It's all about tweaking, adjusting, finessing that that's always the name of the game in entrepreneurship. And the sooner you embrace that, the sooner you can start playing with it and having fun and experiencing success. Love it. Andrea, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. And now please feel free to share where our listeners can find you online in case they'd like to connect with you further. Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, I'm most active on Instagram and that account is at a Freeman underscore Insta. And uh, if you are interested in possibly coaching and you want to check me out, um, see what kind of resources I have available. uh, My website is andreafreemanconsulting.com. And I do love to always share something that's of value and something that people can get started with right away. So actually, if you go to my website, 
So andrewfreemanconsulting.com forward slash five minute journal. I have a cool exercise. It's actually something from my own toolbox that I use daily to just be energetically aligned with my business. And you know, that's, that's free for the taken. So go get it. Fabulous. And I will put all three of those links in our show notes. So that way, if anyone missed them, they can click through from there and especially hang on to that amazing resource. But Andrea, thank you so much again for being on the show. Awesome. I love this conversation. Thanks so much for what you're doing. It was great to be here. Thanks so much for listening today. I'd love it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with those who could use it most. For show notes and more information, go to studenttoceo.com forward slash podcast.